Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Big shout to God, the one who's worthy of it all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, worship team. Can we get up for our Elevate worship team? That boy done brought out a towel. Can we get the lights up too, please? I guess it could be like a little bit of a uh, (laughs) reference to my Baptist roots bringing out the towel. But I'd be sweating. I'd be running out around here like a chicken with my head cut off sometimes. Y'all be seeing me. I'll be dapping y'all up on the way around and everything. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Jay. I'm the youth pastor here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Um, I just want to give honor where honor is due. I just want to give great honor to our our lead pastors, our our lead pastor, senior pastor, executive pastors, (laughs) Pastor John and Pastor Kai. Can we give it up for them real quick? Thank you for your yes. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for being examples when... You had every reason to quit, but you kept on going. You really, wherever dad is, I don't know where he's at. I thought I was the chicken with my head cut off. Dad just be like, when he's not preaching, he'd be everywhere. He'd be greeting. He'd be rocking the babies to sleep, everything. But I'm not going to be up here before you long. I know the game is coming up quick, but, hey, the Chiefs plays first. It's fine. It's, it's just the Chiefs. The Niners don't play till 3.30. I got about three hours. We're good. Just joking. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I want, I want there to be a Chiefs versus Niners too, okay? That's what I want. But let's get right to the word. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to start from verse 9. If you're there, say, I got it. If you don't have a Bible, find somebody next to you to share with. If you're like, uh, I don't want your cooties. That's why we have the Sky Bible. Everybody there? Or are you at least looking? Got a little bit of cotton mouth today. Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 8, starting verse 9. And it reads this. It says, but you, somebody say you. You. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of, of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters... You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, somebody say the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I'm going to read that again. For all who are led by the Spirit of God 
are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. That's a, that's a, that's a term of familiarity. That's a term of, of, of relationship. That's like saying daddy. Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The title of today's message is Terms and Conditions. Look at your neighbor and say, Terms and Conditions. Now, I, I promise you I didn't title today's message Terms and Conditions to teach you guys a bunch of long, arbitrary rules for us to follow to be a better Christian. But it tends to be, and maybe I'm by myself, maybe I'm telling on myself a little bit, when the terms of conditions pop up on your, 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 your computer or on, on, on like a, a subscription or even on your iPhone to update your iPhone, you kind of skip through it real quick. I don't want to see this. You don't know. You'd be selling your life away. You don't know what you've been doing. But the terms and conditions, the reason why I titled this, the reason why I wanted you guys to connect with this today is that there are certain things in our word that we can't skip over quickly. That there's certain things in our word that if we skip over too quickly, the, the weight of sin, the weight of righteousness weighs on our shoulders when God had already took the weight of sin on the cross. Listen, God didn't save you. God didn't set you free for you just to go and do life by yourself. That God saved you. He, he made you born again through him so that you could continue in life with him. I got something to confess. <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't the best student in high school. I really wasn't. Truth be told, I graduated at the bottom of my class. It's kind of ironic because I probably study more now as an adult than I did when I was a student, like a, 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 a traditional student. But it was my freshman year of high school. I was in English class. And for those of you that don't know, we got in my family a long history of Vanden Vikings that went to that school. So it wasn't rare for me to run into a teacher or a principal or even a counselor that was like, Butcher, Butcher, are you related to Beverly Butcher? Yes, that's my grandma. Okay. Are you related to Yvonne Butcher? Yes, that's my aunt. Are you related to Jackie Butcher? Yes. And so I'm not going to name any names because I'm not, I'm not trying to throw him out under the bus like that. But this particular teacher, Grandma, you know who it is if you're watching. This particular teacher was like putting it on thick at the beginning of the, of the school year. was like, oh, I know Jackie. Me and Jackie, we graduated the same class. I know your aunt very well. I know your, your aunt Gail. And I know your grandma. You know, grandma used to serve in the snack bar. Not serve, but your grandma used to work in the snack bar. And I'm like, cool. I'm about to get an A in this class. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of favor. Favor ain't fair. But when I tell you that was the hardest teacher I've ever had. Freshman year English. Like... I was trying my hardest, like I would study, you know, we were reading like Romeo and Juliet and reading like Julius Caesar, like the real dense books that I have to really kind of get through. And there was a big test coming up, like he wasn't really tripping over the homework, but the quizzes like weighed a lot in his class. So he kind of tried to set it up like college. And so we were doing this quiz. I'd been studying hard for it. I'd made sure I, I read the real book. I read the Cliff Notes just in case I missed a couple things. How many people got through school doing Cliff Notes? Be honest, be honest. And so I studied super hard for the test, right? So the test comes. The test is like thick. It's like thick as my laptop. It's like super thick. And I'm just like stressing. I'm like freaking out, right? So I start the test. And I'm going, and I'm going. There's like probably 100 or so questions in it. I'm going, I'm going. And I'm noticing that people are like getting up in like two minutes and walking. I'm like, did I miss something? 
Did I not study hard enough? Am I not doing something right? So we do it, we do it. Turn in my test. I'm like one of the last people to turn in my test. The next week, he gives us his test, and he's smiling. He starts passing out the test. Starts passing out the test. He's like, before you flip it over and see your grade, did anybody read the instructions? And I did not. Did anybody read the instructions? Some people rose their hand and smiled. <laughs> yeah, I read them. Flip the instructions. This is what the instructions said. It said, when you finish reading these instructions, put a smiley face up in the corner, and you've completed your test. If you write anything on the test, you failed. So this whole time, I'm trying to rush, and I've been studying, I've been doing the right things, I've been, I've been looking at the cliff notes and looking at all the different things that I can do to pass this test, and I missed the whole test altogether. We're talking about the terms and conditions. That I'm happy that you guys have arrived here today. I'm happy that you're in the place. But listen, you have not come to know Jesus Christ to do life by yourself. That we read in John chapter 14 and John chapter 15 and John chapter 16 that it says when Jesus had to go, he said, when I have to go, I'm going to send you a helper, the advocate, the one that's going to give you wisdom, the one that's going to give you peace. Not wisdom Johnson, but wisdom. Is look, God is not telling you to be righteous on your, own, on your own standing. That's the reason why he died. If it were up to us to be righteous, Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross. Let's come to this realization, friends, brothers, sisters, that, that, that we don't have the strength. We do not have the fortitude to be righteous on our own. But praise God. And, and I encourage you guys, go back and read Romans. You know, very soon here we got something coming up. We're going to be doing deeper study into Romans. But... When you read Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking about this struggle within himself. He's like, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I will to do, I, I can't do. Oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who will save me? Thank God. Jesus Christ came through for me. And he's not left you alone. There's three things. We're talking about the spirit today. There's three things that this spirit, this Holy Spirit does for us. It equips. Somebody say equips. Ooh, I almost forgot my own notes. It equips. It empowers. Somebody say empowers. And it embraces. First one, we're going to go over equips. Thank you, Jackie, for keeping up. I appreciate you. Equips. The spirit that lives on the inside of the redeemed comes with accessibility to benefits. The spirit that lives on the inside of the redeemed comes with accessibility to benefits. Paul brings attention to the very thing we have working on our behalf. Now, I don't know if you have an iPhone or an Android. I'm not up here to judge today, okay? We're not judging. But it's funny to me every time I go over to my, my maternal grandparents' house or my paternal grandparents' house, particularly my maternal grandparents' house, where they have fire sticks everywhere in their house, right? They have a couple Apple TVs and whatnot. And for those of you that know, they make an app for everything. So what tends to be the, the problem? Usually when you have like a fire stick or an Apple TV, they make a remote that's like this big. Like it's meant to fall in between the couch. It's meant to disappear. It's meant to grow legs. And 90% of that time, even though they have three or four different fire sticks, they lose all four. So what do I do? Because I know the power of my phone. I, I go into my grandparents. I say, like, we can't find it. We're trying to watch the game. And I just go, click, 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 change channel. They're looking around. Who did that? 
How do you, like, have you seen that meme where it's like, all I did was change it from HDMI 1 to HDMI 2, and my grandparents were just like, you must be in IT or something like that. Like, that's how my grandparents treat me. But it's like, one of, you, you don't know what you have on the inside of you when the spirit lives on the inside of you. You don't know what, what, what accessibility to certain benefits that you have when you have the spirit living on the inside of you. There's too many Christians that are going without peace when they have the, 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 the peacemaker on the inside of them. Like, how can we cl claim to be Christians and how can we claim to, to be people of God and, and children of God when we don't lay, lean on the Spirit to help us through our hard times? There will be tribulation. There will be struggle. Just because you've given your life to Christ doesn't mean that there isn't still hard times ahead. But the Spirit guides us through that. He equips. Now, as far as this microphone goes, you know, it's kind of common sense. We all know how it works. Every now and again, we get a couple people, I'm not trying to roast, we get a couple people that come up here and like act like they don't know what a, 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 a power switch looks like, and they're just like, it's not, work it's not working, it's not working, it's just a microphone, it's not, it's not going to bite you. But I'm pretty sure this microphone will do a pretty decent job at stirring some spaghetti, right? Pretty decent job. I'm pretty sure that if I needed to... I'm going to get roasted at staff. Like, we just bought those microphones. You better chill out. I'm pretty sure this does a pretty good job at hammering certain things, but that's not its purpose. That we have to learn about the capabilities of this thing. We have to learn about what its purpose is, what its purpose is in our lives. It's not, it, it might be able to stir certain things. It might be able to do different things, but its purpose is to amplify the voice. We have to recognize that the Spirit equips us. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 9 through 11, it says, it says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit makes us right with God. So you're telling me that I don't have to, 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 to do things just to... Be right with God? You're telling me that I can't give millions of dollars and be made right with God? That I couldn't give out meal after meal after meal after meal after meal to homeless people to be made right with God? That it's a matter of his spirit affirming my spirit that I belong to him. It's not by works lest any of us should boast, Ephesians chapter 2 says. But it's his grace. It's, it's, it's the opportunity to be made right with him by, by allowing to be led by him, by allowing to be cleaned by him. The spirit equips. Being equipped with the spirit is not an intellectual endeavor or a matter of coming to our own conclusion. That even in you coming to church this morning, that wasn't a personal decision. That the spirit leads into all righteousness. He draws us in. When you were saved, you were drawn in by the Spirit. Yes, we got great speakers here. Yes, we have passionate speakers here. We have some of the smartest people I've ever heard before that, that, that preach and teach the Word of God here. But if it weren't for His Spirit, it means nothing. If it weren't for His Spirit, I, I could give you the most eloquent of, of, of speeches. If the Spirit doesn't interpret for you and give the Word that, that, that settles on the inside of your heart, this is all for nothing. This is why I pray the way that I pray before I preach. I'm like, look, we got to get our hearts right before we receive this word. It's not, okay, JR's about to speak, so you know he has to like kind of soften the hearts up. No, 
because I believe as a conduit of God's spirit, somebody that's up here, I'm not perfect, I don't get things right, I'm not the best dad, I'm not the best husband, I'm not the best friend, but because I've submitted my life to God, he can work through me. So it's important for us to recognize that Jesus is in the preparation business. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 18 says this. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, talking about the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The word cannot receive him because it's not looking for him and does not recognize him. But you, somebody says, somebody say, know him. Know him. That Greek word means gnosko. It's not just an intellectual knowledge of something. It means to learn, to come to know, to get a knowledge or perceive, feel, to become known, to know, to understand, perceive, have knowledge, to understand, to know. And here's what got me when I studied, okay? Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. All my teenagers are going to get this reference. What did you mean by that? What do you, what do you mean by that? I'm not trying to, to puff myself up by, by giving you guys Greek words, but in the original language, they had more words to express the exact feeling and exact understanding of what it was. That gnosko is, is, is an intimacy of knowing. Like, I know this closely. So if we go back to John chapter 14, it says, but you know him intimately, like a close friend, like, 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 like a father would know their son, like... Here's what the funny thing is. Like, the genes are crazy, right? I'm kind of brown skin. My wife's brown skin. My daughter's brown skin. My son came out light skin. That's just genes. I don't know what happened. My dad back there. But if you were to bring me Cairo Hunter, who is another young, light-skinned little kid with curly hair, I'm going to know that's not my son. He can have a mask on. He can have a, anything on. I'm going to know that's not my son. But because I'm familiar with my son, even though he's not saying full words yet, I know his behavior. I know his mannerisms because we spend time together. That, that we cannot fool ourselves into thinking that we have a relationship with God. That it says later in, in Romans chapter 8 that his spirit affirms with our spirit to know that we are children of his. So it's not a matter of intellectual knowledge. It's not a matter of you knowing the Bible from beginning to end. Did anybody familiar with, um, excuse me, Bible college, Tier, help me out. You're my helper today. Not Bible college, but uh, seminary, thank you. You realize that there are just as many unsaved people in seminary that there are as saved people in seminary? That you would think, oh, I'm going to Bible college, so there must be other Christians around me. Psych! That there are people trying to learn about the Bible so that they can disprove the Bible. It's more than the intellectual knowledge. It's more than you just going through a Bible plan. It's more than you just knowing the book from Genesis to Revelations. It's coming to an intimate knowledge of who God is. God's spirit is life-giving. It leads into all truth, and it speaks and testifies of who Jesus is. We talked about how the spirit equips. Let's talk about how the spirit empowers. Somebody say empowers. The spirit that lives on the inside of the redeemed comes with authoritative direction. The spirit that lives on the inside of the redeemed comes with authoritative direction. Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 14 says, let's read verse 12 real quick. 
Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. That for somebody to give a command, they have to have authority. That is funny to me. Like, and, 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 I, and I, I, I don't abuse my authority, but when it comes to the guys in our youth group, it's funny to me sometimes. I'm like, hey, it's weird to me kind of too. It's like, hey, can you go do this for me? And they do it without, without question. Hey, can you go turn off the system for me real quick? Yeah, I got you. It comes from a level of authority. When you're like, when, you, when, a, when a general enters the room, whatever that general says goes because he has authority. So let, let's talk about this real quick. Let's talk about anybody familiar with the mathematical if and then statements? Anybody take pre-calculus? Logic? Uh, 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 stats? I didn't take pre-calculus. I took algebra. Um, if and then is a conditional statement. Y'all follow me? Also called an if-then statement. It is a statement with a hypothesis, sorry, not a hypothesis, but a hypothesis, followed by a conclusion. Another way to define a conditional statement is to say, if this happens, then that will happen. You guys following? Let's get back to verse 3. Romans chapter 8, verses 13, excuse me. It says, for if you live by its dictates, you will die. Are we tracking? If you live by your sinful nature's dictates... You will die. If you live by your flesh, if you live by the things of your flesh, you will die. There's no gray area there. It's black and white. It's very plain. But we always, as Christians sometimes, come into this knowledge of like, okay, I've arrived at church. I've given my life to God. I'm going to do life in my own way. Listen, that's not how it works. The Bible talks about, and I'm kind of losing track. I think it's in Galatians chapter 6 where it talks about, you reap what you sow. If you're going to sow in the flesh, you're going to reap in the flesh. But if you sow in the spirit, you're going to reap in the spirit. It says, but if through the power of the spirit you put to the death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. And pay very close attention to that scripture. It doesn't say that if you do the right things, you will live. It doesn't say that if, if you read your Bible and try your best to follow what the Bible says, you will live. It says, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're telling me I don't have to rely on my own strength. You're telling me I don't have to rely on my own knowledge. You're telling me I don't have to wait till I feel like doing right, but the Spirit will guide me into all truth. The if and then statement, the terms and conditions, that if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. And it follows that by saying, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. But if through the Spirit, Galatians chapter 3 verse 3 says this. It says, how foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect with your own human effort? I didn't make that up. That's scripture. Paul was talking to the Galatians because there was people in Galatians that were saying, well, you know, if, you th if you're really saved, you'll, you'll, you'll be circumcised like we are. And Paul's like, you fools, Galatians, how'd they let you fool? How'd, they let, how, how'd you allow them to fool you? If you were led here by the Spirit, why would you continue in the flesh? That if you were led here by the Spirit, here in person, online, if you're listening to this at a later time, if you were led here by the Spirit, why would you continue in your flesh? It, it, it's, it's a tough job being righteous. 
It's a tough job doing things right. It's a tough job trying to think all the right things and say all the right things. But the word of God says in Romans 8, chapter 13, but if through the power of the spirit. How do we do that? It's, it's submitting yourself to God's way, submitting yourself to God's spirit. That later on in the service, we're going to have this opportunity to, to take some time to pray and to get our, our lives and our hearts right. But keep that in mind. That we recognize that in Romans chapter 8, verses 36, it says, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I used to read that a little bit different, if I can be honest. I used to read that, you know, if the Son is free, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's good. It's almost like saying, if you're free, you free, free. Like, that's what I was thinking at first. But I come to realize through my maturing and, and going back to Scripture and meditating on Scripture that when the Bible is talking about that whom the Son sets free is free indeed, that once he sets you free, you have the ability through the Spirit to stay free. Amen. That once you've been set free from that addiction, you have the ability through the Spirit to stay free. Amen. So many people come to this high mode. We talked about Elevate. Every now and again, and maybe every now and again as adults, we need to do the same thing. But every now and again, we have to have just a particular Thursday night. We have to remind our kids about their salvation. But you know how many kids were, were, were telling me, it broke my heart, how many kids were like, I felt super saved at camp, like, it was dope. I could focus on God, we were distracted by anything, I felt super saved then, but when I got back to school, I didn't feel as saved. Oh, so you're, you're depending on a feeling of your flesh to determine your salvation. That's not the salvation that God gives. God isn't giving your salvation dependent upon a feeling. Like, yes, we have moments in church where we get emotional. I'm not saying you can't be emotional in church. I'm not saying that you can't cry out in church. I'm not saying that you can't be passionate about the word of God. We are not led by our emotion. We are led by the spirit. You ever heard that verse, be angry and sin not? God has given you the emotion for a reason, but not to be led by it. It's an indication like, look, I'm not going to get too high and I'm not going to get too low. I'm going to align myself and be consistent on the path that you set before me. We have to remind ourselves when the, when the word says that, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. We have to think about it like this. The gates and chains of my bondage haven't just been swung open and broken off for me, but I've been given a guide on how to remain free. That empowers me to make the righteous choice and to tear down strongholds. Because listen. If you've been tempted before by something, it's going to rear its ugly head again. Head again. You might come out of this service feeling, feeling spiritually, spiritually great and spiritually high, but when you get home, that same temptation, that same struggle, that, that same feeling to cuss out your family, that same feeling to go crazy on your coworkers is going to come back again. But here's where you take the opportunity. I've been set free, and the word of God says that whom the Son is set free is free indeed. So I don't just have to rely on my own strength and my own understanding once I've left the church. I don't just treat the church as a, as a jolt in the arm, but I treat the church as a building block on my relationship with God. Y'all follow me. That it's good. I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you come Sundays and you're, you're, you're signed into your growth groups and you come on Thursday nights. But it's important that we come here to, to be reminded that, that, that we're empowered by God's spirit. We come here to be reminded of our relationship with God. Yes, sometimes we need to fuel up. But listen, church isn't the only time that you should be in God's word. 
that Christ died and he tore the veil so that I get each and every person in this auditorium, each and every person that is tuned in online to have and go before the throne of grace for yourself. It's not about righteousness. It's not about self-built righteousness. It's about the righteousness that God gives. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, uh, verses 3 through 6 says this. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience has been fulfilled. For you are led by the Spirit of God, our children of God. You have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received, received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Somebody say equips. equips. Somebody say empowers. empowers. I'm not perfect. I told you already. <laughs> Lastly is this. God's spirit equips us. It empowers us. And it embraces us. It embraces us. Somebody say embrace. embrace. The spirit that lives on the inside of the redeemed comes with acceptance into the family of God. Romans chapter 8 verses 14 through 17 says, For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Abba, Father. It's a term of endearment. It's a term of connection. It's, it's like when I hear my daughter or my son say dad or dad, like, bro, he has his own, like, toddler bed now, my son. He has his own toddler bed now, and, like, he's just tall enough to open up the door. We have to put, like, that little, like, baby gate in front of the door. It'd be 6.30 in the morning. He can go to bed at 5.30 in the morning and be up at 6.30 in the morning, like, dad, dad, dad. But I know, him somewhat, I know him so well, I can hear a dad from my son or daughter in a crowd of other kids and know that that's my child. Abba, Father. It's a term of connection. Here's, here's, something, here's something cool that I learned about, about Roman adoption. In the Roman world of the first century, A.D., an adopted son was a son deliberately chosen by his adoptive father to perpetuate his name and inherit his estate. He was no wit inferior in status to a son born in the ordinary course of nature. Under Roman adoption, the life and standing of the adopted child changed completely. The adopted son lost all rights in his old family and gained all new rights in his new family. The old life of the adopted son was completely wiped out, with all debts being canceled, with nothing from his past counting against him anymore. Look at God. Look at God. Look at that parallel that, that when we look at the context of Scripture, when we look at, like, the book isn't called Romans by accident, like Paul was talking to Romans, Roman Christians, okay? Is that he had to use that analogy, that, 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 that adoption concept, because that's something that they were familiar with. It was like Paul was approaching them at a level that they could understand. He was saying, hey, you know the same way that, that sons are adopted into the family in, in the country? He's like, that's the same way that God wants to adopt you. That all debts have been forgiven. That, that, that your ties to your old family have been cut off. 
that you're accepted into this new family and that you've been given a, you've been given a, 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 a will, you've been given uh, the ability to bring in uh, the inheritance that God gives for us. And as I come to a close, let's talk about this inheritance for a second. That this, our Father, our Heavenly Father doesn't leave us without. He doesn't leave us without guidance. He doesn't leave us without a long inheritance. We were talking about it the other day, speaking about inheritance. And me and Donald were talking. Donald's my first cousin. Tears my first cousin. And it was such a blessing to be able to receive an inheritance from our, our earthly, our, our grandfather. It was a concept I had never really thought about before. That he had already prepared a way for us to be taken care of when he was gone. That he had prepared a way for us to receive an inheritance for us when we were gone. That even through life, and let me share something with you, that, that God will speak to you through regular situations. That when God leaves us an inheritance, it's like, you're telling me I have access to, to riches? You're telling me as your son I have access to grace? That when I fall short and make mistakes that I might leave here and go do something stupid. And I still have access to your grace because I'm your son, I'm your daughter. That you're telling me it's not about what I'm doing and my feelings and, and how saved I feel and how not saved I feel. But it's about me being identified through your spirit. That, that when God saves us, we're, we're supposed to be resembling him. When I look at my kids, they resemble me and their mother. I, I bet you, I bet you years from now when, when they're in school, there's probably going to be some parents or some adults that are like, are you John Butcher's kid? That's what our resemblance should look like spiritually. We shouldn't resemble God by just the words that we say or the church that we claim or, 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 by, by trying to make ourselves seem like we're better than we, we actually are. And if we can all stand to our feet, I'm going to leave you with this quote. I just learned about it through TikTok. I promise. It'll, it'll, it'll hit home. I promise. From a pastor named Tim Delena. He's a pastor in New York. It's Times Square Church. He said this. And this is his quote. Can't take credit for it. He says, if the word is just in the mind... You have an intellectual. If the word is just in the mouth, you have a hypocrite. If the word is just in your hands, you have a Pharisee. If the word is in the heart, you have a lover of Jesus. I promise, I told you I wasn't getting no foolishness off TikTok, okay? So it's not just about mind knowledge and, and, and me understanding the word with my own knowledge like well yeah I know that you know you know Jesus' real name is Yahashua you know you need to be calling his name by the right name okay I know his name to be Jesus Jesus was the name that I was saved by so it's not about you knowing scripture after scripture and being able to tell your friends you know I know John 3.16 but I don't live it out you're a hypocrite it's not just about work with your hands so that, oh, hey, I gave this much this year and I gave out to this many people. And did you see me on Instagram of how many people I'm giving to? But your heart is dirty. The Bible talks about whitewashed tombs. Looks good on the outside, but dead on the inside. That's a Pharisee. 
But when the word is in your heart, when the word of God is in your heart, that's when the outside begins to change. It's an inside-out operation. That we can't try to lead ourselves in, in our best understanding and, and with our flesh, but we have to be led by the Spirit. Let us just not quickly go over this truth, like the terms and conditions on our phone, but let us remind ourselves that when we feel weak, when we feel without understanding, when we feel without peace, that we can rely on God's Spirit to lead us into all truth. So rather than the traditional ending of service, the altars are open. Because I know this, that the Spirit leads in all truth. We're going to ask God for repentance. The altars are open. We're going to ask God to be led by his spirit. Because some of us that have been Christians for all our lives, or some of us that have been Christians for, for 50 years, or some of us that, that claim to be uh, the adult Christians that, that eat off of the stake of the word, we still need his spirit. You have not arrived. You are not perfect. You are not in a place where you are just like Jesus. We are being made into the image of God each and every day. So everybody that wants this redeeming, life-giving spirit, I want you to come down to the altar. Now is not the time to look around. Now is not the time to worry about what people think about you. Now is the time for you to be reverencing God's spirit. You are not here by accident. That a God ordained this moment, January 30th, 2022, for you to be reminded about the power of his spirit. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your spirit. God, we thank you for having the forethought and the foreknowledge that when you went away and ascended back into heaven after the sacrifice you made for us, Lord, that you gave us an advocate. That you have someone interceding on our behalf, God. That we fall short, that we make mistakes, God. But you haven't given us, given us your word, God, for us to work it out by ourselves. But you have given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So, God, I am praying that we rely on you and your spirit to be our peace. That we rely on you to be our wisdom. God, that you guide us into all truth. God, if we don't have a knowledge of who you are and a relationship with you, God, I am praying that now you lead us into repentance. Not just head knowledge, not just mouth knowledge, not just in us showing emotion, God, but a truly changed and contrite heart. Creating us clean hearts today. Renewing us right spirits. Allow your spirit to guide us and lead us into all truth, Lord. We thank you for meeting us where we're at. We thank you for meeting our imperfect selves, God. We thank you for your faithfulness today. We thank you for your righteousness, Lord. God, we trust you in everything. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a praise real quick?